Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 25th of May. Urgent contact tracing is underway in Victoria as authorities try and find the missing link to Melbourne's four new cases of COVID. All of the infections, including a young child, a close family members, spread across two households. Genomic sequencing is now underway with one of the infected people believed to have been highly contagious during their exposure period. Epidemiologist Professor Catherine Bennett has told the project the new cases are concerning. We know that we have asymptomatic cases and we also know that not everyone with symptoms gets tested, particularly as we've had so many days in Victoria without cases, people might not think of COVID now, they might just ignore those cold symptoms. It comes as the list of exposure sites grows across Melbourne and we'll have all the latest details from our reporters shortly. Also making news this morning, it will be mandatory for all Australian athletes heading to the Tokyo Paralympics to get a COVID vaccination. The advice is out of step with the Australian Olympic Committee, who has strongly recommended the vaccine for those travelling to Tokyo. It comes as two Aussie skateboarders and their coach have all tested positive for COVID while qualifying for the Games in the US. Australian Olympic Committee's Strath Gordon says strong protocols are in place. We're very confident with the arrangements the Japanese have put into place. They're taking it very seriously and hopefully we can get our team to Tokyo safely, compete to the best of their ability over there and, and bring them back safely. Meantime, the federal government isn't ruling out offering incentives to encourage more people to get a COVID jab after concerns about vaccine hesitancy. Overseas, things like free hamburgers, donuts, even cash and college scholarships are on offer. Here is the Chief Health Officer, Professor Paul Kelly. Some of these incentives will be talked about uh, in coming days and weeks, but I think the main incentive is because it's going to actually protect you, your family and the community. And UK scientists say sniffer dogs could soon play a big part in helping detect cases of COVID. A new study out of London has found during the trials the dogs correctly picked up 88% of coronavirus cases. Here is Professor James Logan from the London School of Hygiene and Topical Medicine on Sky News UK. What we think is that dogs could be an additional tool that could be used as part of a kit um, to address the things that... PCR and and lateral flow tests can't do. So, for example, dogs can screen people very, very quickly. So they could be used in circumstances such as airports or other public gatherings, stadiums, that sort of thing, where lots of people have to be screened very, very quickly. The new research is yet to be peer-reviewed and experts say the next test will be in real-life situations. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground and we start in Victoria and as we mentioned earlier, health authorities are scrambling to try and find the source of four new COVID cases in the community. A Woolworth supermarket at Epping North has been identified as one of the new exposure sites. Now it's the same venue linked to another infection earlier this month from a man in hotel quarantine. Our reporter James Lake has more from Melbourne. That's right, Tash. Health authorities say the genomic sequencing from the four new infections is due back today, which will help determine how these cases are linked and if there's any connection to the COVID-positive man who entered our state from South Australia earlier in May. Last night, COVID testing sites around Melbourne stayed open late and huge lines are expected right through today. 
There are three Tier 1 exposure sites of the biggest concern right now. They are the Curry Vault Indian Restaurant in the CBD. That's back from the evening of May 7. The very busy High Point Shopping Centre between 5 and 8pm on Thursday last week. And Jump Swim School at Bandura. Anyone who was there on Friday morning also may have been exposed. People who have been to those locations should be getting tested immediately and isolate for 14 days. And South Australia will be the first state to offer the COVID vaccination to people as young as 16. They'll need to provide proof of residence to get the Pfizer jab from one of 35 regional clinics. Our reporter, Sean Maynard, is in Adelaide. And Sean, it all starts today. Yeah, that's right, Tash. Anyone age 16 and up can call up and uh, book their Pfizer jab, but they will need to live outside of the Adelaide metro area. So that does include people living in the Adelaide Hills, like myself, or the Gawler region, both on the fringes of Adelaide. Whether young people actually heed the advice of the authorities and come forward in large numbers to get their shot, well, that remains an open question. There's also been some backlash from people living in Adelaide. Many have been unable to get a vaccine. Some are waiting months because metro appointments, and this is for the over 50s or all booked up, we're hearing. Uh, the state government wants to vaccinate 80% of all adults by the end of the year. That's the target at this stage. And they'll open a new mass vaccination hub at Norlunga in the city's south today with another to follow at Elizabeth in Adelaide's north next week. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Now used car prices are continuing to skyrocket and if you want to buy a new car, you have to wait up to six months thanks to COVID. It's a nice problem to have and good morning, but that's right, up to six months these days for some new cars, basically because COVID continues to impact supply chains, both the car production themselves and of course the computer chips we've spoken about in the past. They simply can't get enough of them. They can't get enough materials, can't get enough cars off the production lines. In some cases, production is down by as much as 40%. And as Australia particularly comes out of COVID and we go and try and buy those new cars, we just can't get them. And so used car prices remain really, really high. A lot of new car buyers remain really disappointed. And bad news for shareholders. This is really concerning because iron ore has really propped up our economy and done mm. great things for Australia, but uh, the iron ore continues to slide. That's right. In the recent federal budget, $12.5 billion was the value of the iron ore boom to the federal budget, all through company tax receipts, BHP, Rio, Fortescue and others, because they're making so much money, they're panning up the whole lot to the federal government. At the moment, this, well, the iron ore price was down 5% on Friday, it was another 5% last night. Uh, it was obviously trades on international markets. And so a 10% slide in a couple of days and China actively trying to push the price down. They're out basically saying to their people, their companies, you may not stockpile or hoard any raw materials, any commodities at all. You must be using them. They're trying to basically get a whole lot of supply out of the, the warehouses and, and, uh, and other places, get them into the production schedule so they can keep the price down. Now, there's still supply issues out of Brazil. That remains the biggest concern for China and our biggest opportunity, I suppose, to make some dough. But once that goes away, there really is big concern that it'll hit the federal budget and shareholders as that iron ore price continues to come down. Yeah, very concerning for Australia in the near future. Now, the other buy now, pay later company, Scott, goes on a buying spree. <laughs> That's right. So forget it's not just about afterpay. Yeah. It's about eight or nine on the ASX, if you can believe that. But the second one, the one kind of in second place with a decent gap between afterpay and it is Zip, of course, and Zip Pay. It's bought businesses yesterday, announced both in the UK and in the Middle East. It is really trying to bulk up and basically, you know, get that global scale to take on Afterpay. You don't necessarily need to be a global player. Not many of us shop in multiple countries at once, certainly not these days, but just that 
at that absolute scale and getting folks some land before Afterpay gets there remains really, really important if you want to try and fight that good fight. $180 million they spent yesterday and a, a couple Gosh. of big businesses to buy, exactly. And the Crown saga continues with allegations that money laundering may have taken place as recently as February this year. Yeah, I guess we shouldn't be overly surprised by that. I mean, if it was happening in the past, there's no reason why it should have all, all of a sudden stopped just because the, the months were more recent. But in the current uh, investigation in Victoria, allegations or concerns that money laundering may have been going through the Crown's books, as you say, as, as late as three months ago. Now, in the meantime, of course, Star and Crown have agreed to go cashless in their casinos, but this is yet another example. And frankly, as Crown tries to get itself out from under this regulatory scrutiny, it won't be welcome use for it or its shareholders, although that takeover offer it's currently uh, feeling from Star may help to solve some of those wounds. But it does really underscore how important that cashless gambling is to really stamping out money laundering through our casinos. Another big day in business and finance. Scott, thanks so much. Sorry, thanks, Tash. <laughs> Now with Brett Thomas and Brett, the NRL is again defending this great crackdown on high shots. Yes, good morning, Tash. Graham Annesley, the NRL's head of football in his weekly media conference, again responding to criticism of that crackdown, uh, as you mentioned. Now, the latest suggestion is that the majority of head knocks are suffered by the tackler and not the player carrying the ball, but Annesley can't understand that argument. Isn't it better that we potentially drop the number of head injuries in the game by 30% than nothing, than zero? And more charges laid over the weekend. Roosters back rower Angus Crichton has opted to fight a dangerous contact charge at the judiciary tonight. He's hoping to be cleared to line up for New South Wales in the Origin opener. It's basically a free hit. It was a two-week ban. It won't increase if he is unsuccessful tonight. So uh, he will front the NRL judiciary. And to AFL now, Brett St Kilda is moving to take some of the heat off coach Brett Ratton during another week of soul-searching. Yes, it's hard to believe that the Saints actually beat the Bulldogs in a final last year when they lost to them by 111 points over the weekend. It wasn't a one-off. Since round three, they've lost four games of 50 points or more. Now, obviously, there's a lot of attention on the coach. They're normally the full person. Uh, that's Brett Ratton, of course. But uh, the Saints head of football, Simon Lethleen, spoke yesterday and says that he should be copping some of the blame. And we haven't got all the answers right now, but yeah, we're searching for them and we're not in denial that there's a, there's a fair bit going wrong on match day, uh, and that comes back to the program to find ways to support and focus. And it could be a long night at the AFL Tribunal. Three clubs are challenging suspensions. Carlton will try and overturn Lockie Plowman's two-match bump ban. Uh, the Tigers will contest Marlon Pickett's one-match ban for striking. And uh, the Suns' Nick Holman is up trying to clear his name. He was given a two-week ban for a dangerous tackle, so concussion obviously an issue in the AFL as well. And Brett, the party is still continuing for golfing superstar Phil Mickelson. He, of course, won uh, yesterday, history unfolding, proving that age is no barrier. Yeah, absolutely. At 50 years of age, the celebrations might be a little bit different than when he last won a major <laughs> back in uh, in 2013. He might be swapping alcohol, although I'm sure that's involved for um, cups of tea as well. So <laughs> incredible effort yesterday, winning the PGA Championships on a really difficult course. He didn't have a big league going into the final round, uh, but he managed to get the job done. So um, plenty of life left for Phil Mickelson on the golf tour, it seems. It was great to see it unfold. Brett, thank you. Thanks, Tash. How's this for an inspirational supermum? Sydney woman Kerri-Ann Morris has taken out a major horse race 
just three weeks after giving birth. The now mum of two taking out the $100,000 Group 1 harness race on Saturday. She was back training just one week after giving birth to her daughter, telling Nine it's what she does for a living. Probably about six days I probably track worked um, after having Stella. And, yeah, to be honest, I felt fine. And if I didn't feel fine, I wouldn't have done it. But, um, yeah, sometimes, you know, your, your muscles weaken a little bit. But, you know, I, I felt comfortable, so we, we got straight back into it. Wow. Well done, Kerri-Ann. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also find the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.